You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome into my basement on the south side of Chicago. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you are listening to yet another simulated game as part of a complete simulated season, a simulated White Sox season right here in 2020, brought to you by Sox in the Basement and our proud sponsors, Cork and Carry at the Park at 33rd in Princeton. Visit them on Grubhub or go direct to corkandcarryatthepark.com and check out the amazing menu items. Have yourself gourmet ballpark food. Or just some great wraps and sandwiches and award-winning burgers and wings and hot dogs and and great apps. I mean, they got everything over there. Make sure you check them out and support a local business as they go through these tough times like we all are going through right now. As you sit back, relax, and strap it down and listen to another White Sox game as the Chicago White Sox sit at 16-9. and Through their first 25 games, they are seven games over 500. And we are headed off to Los Angeles to play the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. A four-game set, and then finally the first day off this team has seen in nearly three full weeks. And before we head out, let me tell you a little bit about this offense and the pitching staff now, which is coming around. This is the best-case scenario you could ever have imagined for the White Sox coming in the 2020. Fifth in the major leagues with a 277 batting average. Third in the majors in runs scored with 148. 240 hits puts him in fifth place overall in the majors, led by Tim Anderson with 33 base knocks. They are first in doubles with 56. TA leads that with nine. Abreu, eight. Moncada, seven. Home runs? They're tied for third. Four off the lead in the majors as a team. Edwin Encarnacion and Aloy Jimenez each have nine, while Yasmani Grandal is up to seven so far. They slug like crazy, a 494 slugging average for the team. And then when you look at the pitching, the team ERA is at 3.27. Third in the majors, led by Reynaldo Lopez's 3.34 ERA and Lucas Giolito at 3.77. And they're coming off of two double-digit victories over the last two days, so they're coming off a 6-1 and one homestand. Without further ado, we send it out to Anaheim, California. Sox Angels kicking off a four-game set. From Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Let's go! Welcome to Southern California, where it's foggy out today. The White Sox at 16-9 go to Los Angeles to play the Angels at 18-6. They're in first place in the West, the White Sox in second in the AL Central. And two very hot teams face off today. The Angels have won seven of their last eight. The White Sox have won six of their last seven. And Matt Andrees comes out for his fourth start of the season for the Angels with an 8.50 earned run average over 18 innings, 21 hits, six walks. That's a 1.61 whip. He has struck out 20. And Tim Anderson will lead things off and kick off a four-game series between the White Sox and the Angels, and the first one misses on the outside corner. 1-0 the count. The Angels sitting at 18-6, first in the AL West, as I mentioned. The Astros have a 500 record and everybody else is below that. A little different in the Central. Three teams with single-digit losses so far in the AL Central. TA is hitting 330. A 2-0 pitch catches the outside corner. 
49 degrees here. It doesn't feel like California. Overcast, there's wind swirling. Looks to be blowing in from right field across the field. Not what you expected in SoCal. High four-seam fastball, the count goes two and two. We're going to get a lot of finals out here because, of course, we start later than everybody else. This one goes down the third baseline, hooking foul. 2-2, the count remains. Minnesota already beat Seattle 4-1. That's a final. Outside pitch checked up, 3-2 and two the count. Anderson came across the plate, trying to hold that bat from going across. He was successful, and the next one goes high, and he walks. So the first batter is on against Andres. Eight pitches gets T.A. on, the leadoff hitter. And Leary Garcia comes up, batting lefty against the righty Andres, hitting 303, playing center field today. Luis Robert takes a seat. He's been sitting down a lot lately, trying to work out some things behind the scenes couple of rookies on this team. It's really interesting as that one goes for a ball 1-0. As the top half of this White Sox order is killing the ball. And the bottom half is non-existent. And Mandrigal and Robert are part of that problem. Although Robert's stealing a lot of bases and Mandrigal just got here. And both are playing very good defense. And you can put up with that from rookies when you have everybody else hitting. And they're playing good D. 2-0 the count now to Garcia. Anderson with a nice lead at first base. Into the line goes Andres. High ball three, three and oh the count. The hitter's count pitch. He misses and walks him. So four straight pitches and Andres has walked now two after he puts on Garcia. I was sitting here wondering why isn't Timmy Anderson going for the stolen base? He already has nine. He's nine for ten, I think, on the season exactly. But he sat there. He saw something in that at bat that Andres is missing the zone. No reason to take a chance right now as he struggles trying to find the strike zone at the beginning of the game. And Abreu steps up, hitting 296, the pitch on the way, with runners at first and second, an inside changeup taken for a strike, 0-1 the count. He's 3-for-7 at 429 with a home run against Andres in lifetime stats against him. Next pitch is fouled back and quickly 0-2. I spent some time living in Bakersfield, California, a couple years doing morning radio. As that's a swing and a miss and an outside changeup, and Abreu goes down on three pitches for the first strikeout first out of the inning. Aloy Jimenez comes in batting fourth today. Juan Moncada got a day off. Uh, he deserved one. This is an outside fastball. 1-0 the count. 270 Jimenez is hitting now with nine home runs and 21 RBI. And we have yet to get through April. Those are some stats. A low curveball misses 2-0. His nine home runs has him tied for second in the American League with his teammate, Edwin Encarnacion. Anderson leads off of second. Garcia leads off at first. One out here in the top of the first inning. The 2-0 pitch swung on and sent off into the stands down the third base line. The next pitch on the way. Swung on and missed on an inside curveball. Jimenez swung over it, so now the count evens at 2-2 two two with Encarnacion on deck. The pitch. Outside curveball, 3-2 and two now the count. Yasmani Grandal, who's been red hot the last couple of days, but also has been behind the plate now for three or four straight games, taking a breather to kick off this series. James McCann is also in the lineup. Mandrigal's at second, and Danny Mendick moved over to third as a strike at the knees. Jimenez doesn't agree with it, but it's strike three, so Andres walks the first two, strikes out the next two. We've got two outs and two on. And Edwin Encarnacion comes up. He's been on fire lately. And his average is only 268. 
A low curve taken at the knees. Owen won the count. So Andrees fighting the strike zone now. Took him 22 pitches to get there. Here's pitch number 23 in the first inning. Low taken for a ball, one and one the count. Next pitch on the way. Driven deep down the third baseline, hooking foul. 24 pitches so far in this inning for Andrees. 12 for strikes, 12 for balls. The next one is fouled off. Would have been a strike, one and two. The pitch. Chop back foul again. When I lived in Bakersfield, California, I used to run down here for White Sox games all the time. I know this ballpark well. Swung on and missed on a changeup. So Andrees walks the first two and then strikes out the next three. A very interesting inning. Took him a lot of pitches, though. Maybe that'll pay off later on. The Sox strand two. We go to the bottom of the first. No score. Lucas Giolito coming off his best start of the season. Has five starts. Is two and two with an ERA of 3.77 and over 28 and two-thirds innings. He's given up 24 hits and 14 walks for a 1.33 whip. That's walks and hits per innings pitched. He's got 22 strikeouts. And the big righty, who I know has been simulating his own ball games as he plays against the other Major League Baseball teams. Every team picked one player to play in a league against each other. Adrildon Simmons comes in. Takes an inside high pitch, 1-0 the count. So going around the horn in the outfield, Jimenez is in left. Larry Garcia in center. Nomar Mazar is in right. Third base is Mendick. Anderson's at short. Madrigal's at second as that's a strike on the outside corner on a four-seam fastball, 1-1 one one the count. Abreu's at first. Encarnacion is DHing, and McCann is behind the plate. And Giolito deals another strike to him on a 12-6 curve that catches the zone. 1-2 now to Simmons. The 320 leadoff hitter awaits the next pitch. Swings and misses at a slider, tailing out of the zone. Giolito sits down the first batter on four pitches for his first strikeout of the game. Lucas did not feel like an ace in those first few games. The last time out went seven complete. No runs crossed. Didn't give up very many hits. Looked really good. He had started to look strong to start before that. So hopefully... He's getting it together now as an inside four-seamer is taken for a strike 0-1. White Sox feel like they're hitting their stride right now. They did play against lesser talent. The Rangers at the bottom of their division, the Royals at the bottom of our division, and that's the last two teams that we faced, and we beat up on them as you should. Now you got a first-place team, and you're on the road in their place. As David Fletcher fouls that one off and is quickly 0-2. Fletcher's hitting 255. The right-handed hitter awaits the next pitch from Giolito, and he chops that one foul as well. Lucas working quickly, if you haven't noticed. Going right at it, McCann just sitting there and taking every pitch. Down the middle, a slider freezes Fletcher, and Giolito struck out the first two guys he's faced. Of the five outs in this game, all five of them have been strikeouts between the two pitchers. And with two outs at the bottom of the first inning, coming to the plate is Anthony Rendon. He's hitting 289. He signed a big free agent deal. I know there's a lot of White Sox fans that want to see him in a White Sox jersey as he dribbles this one to short, and T.A. will field it cleanly and get it over to first. One pitch, one out for Rendon. They go one, two, three in the first inning. The wind has shifted and now seems to be uh, blowing a little bit out. It's swirling tonight. No score after one. James McCann will lead off this inning. Tap of the second. He's hitting 300. 
he's got an 897 OPS, one home run, one RBI, which means he's getting on base a lot with walks because he's he's only got one home run, although he has several doubles. He's really hit the doubles well in a reserve role. He's pretty much pulling out about 33% of the games. He's doing about one-third of them. Maybe he's down to 30. Three out of every 10, you see him out there. 0-2 the count quickly as he swings and misses at the first two pitches. And Andres is ready for pitch number 30 of his outing. And it's low and in the dirt outside, taken for a ball, 1-2 the count. A lot of teams were playing getaway day on Thursday. These teams starting their series off. So there are a lot of day games today on a Thursday. Not the case here. The 1-2 pitch. Low, it misses, 2-2 two two the count. Padres beat up on the Cubs, 6-1 in Chicago today. San Francisco beat Colorado 6-0. Changeup outside, misses, 3-2 the count goes full. The next offering, swung on, sent out to center field, backing up a little bit, and it'll be caught. Easy play out there. There's one out in the top of the second. Nomar Mazara steps in, hitting 194. The left-handed batter takes one high for a ball. Rendon is playing short basically right now as Simmons has moved over to the other side of second base from short. Second baseman Fletcher is in short right field and Albert Pujols playing first close to the line on a shift. We've seen this shift a lot with Mazzara and it's working out just fine for other teams as he's hitting under 200. One and one now the count with one out in the top of the second inning. The righty and Dries into the line, the pitch. Low misses on a curveball, 2-1 and one the count. Hitting dark quickly because it was already overcast. Lights are on, even here in the second inning. There'll be no pretty sunset here in Southern California tonight for us to watch. Although this can be a very nice field to watch a game at. Outside pitch, the count goes full, 3-2 and two with Danny Mendick on deck. His average has plummeted lately. He's hitting 217. There was a point in time where he was up in the 260s, 270s, but that has changed over the last week or so. And an outside changeup. He chased it, swung and missed at ball four. It's the fourth strikeout for Andres. Two outs now on the top of the second, and Mendick comes up. Four RBI in the season, hitting 217. Has gotten on base at a pretty good clip, but has tapered off. And this one is out into left field for a base hit on the first pitch. I love when it feels like they're listening to you talk about how they're not hitting well. And then a guy comes up and gets a hit. The first hit of the game for either team is Mendick puts this one in between short and third. And Simmons and Rendon can only watch it roll out there to Upton in left field. Nick Mandrigal comes up hitting 154. The second baseman just called up a week ago. His debut was last Thursday. We have not had a day off, but this is his fourth appearance for the White Sox. So he's had a few days off. Throw over to first, and Mendick is back easily. Pujols will send it back over to Andres. 0-1 the count. The pitch. Low swung on on a four-seam fastball below the knees. 0-2 the count. Mandrigal has a reputation for not striking out a lot. But he has not figured out the zone here in the majors as he fouls this one off trying to protect outside of the zone it continues to be 0-2 he's aggressive at the plate major league pitchers are taking advantage of that and he's striking out a little bit more than we anticipated early on fouls this one back 0-2 the count remains but he's hanging in well 
and he's fighting in his at-bats, and he's had some hard-hit balls that have not gone for base hits. As he loops out a soft fly ball to short, Simmons underneath it makes the catch. And the side is retired. Midway through the second, Mike Trout on the way up. Mike Trout is hitting 387. He has eight home runs and 20 RBIs, and he's stolen five bases. He's the greatest baseball player there is right now. I'm going to say it, and I don't care what anybody thinks about it. The guy does everything. And there's a shift on for him, which is surprising to me because you would think a guy like Mike Trout can hit it anywhere he wants to. So three guys in between second and third, and Abreu basically playing second base on the right side of the field. The 1-0 pitch from Giolito below the knees taken, 2-0 the count. Lucas only needed nine pitches in the first inning. Very effective early on. Next one on the way is flared out in the center field. Larry Garcia moves over a little bit. He hit it straight away, but Garcia was on a shift in the outfield as well. He puts that away, and there's one out in the bottom of the second. Anytime you get Mike Trout out, you got to feel good about yourself. There's no way in the next four games that we aren't going to see him do something special. He's too good of a player. Tommy LaStella is hitting 316. He's DHing today. The lefty steps in with one out in the bottom of the second. Swings at the first offering a high four-seamer and puts it down the first baseline. Foul. Next offering on the way. Misses outside on a circle change. One and one the count. High fastball misses two and one. The Houston Asterix, they won five to three at home against Tampa Bay today. Next pitch down the middle, fouled off down the third base line, two and two the count. Next one's in the dirt for a ball, three and two. The Red Sox are trailing at home against Toronto late in their game on the East Coast. Three to one in the eighth inning. 3-2 count here with one out in the bottom of the second. The pitch to Estella. Chopped to second base. Nice play by Anderson, actually, cutting in front of Madrigal. Both of them had gotten over in time for that ball as it was slowly hit. Anderson catches it, comes across at a second base side, and gets it over to Abreu. It goes as a 6-3 put out. There's two outs with Justin Upton on here in the bottom of the second. Upton's hitting 393 so far in the season. He's off to a red-hot start. Another shift on for him. Again, three guys between second and third. And Abreu playing second base, basically. Pitch number 20 from Giolito on the 1-0 count is outside on a four-seamer, 2-0. Nine pitches in the first, 11 so far here in the second. With two outs in the second, Giolito trying to have another efficient inning. Just misses the outside corner, 3-0 the count. Dodgers won earlier today against the Nationals, 1-0 on the road on the East Coast. As a four-seamer down the middle gets over for a strike taken, 3-1 the count. Next pitch flared off down the first baseline. The count goes full on a good pitch by Giolito challenging him inside. And then he tries to go outside with the slider tailing away, and Upton is super patient. Takes that for ball four. And Lucas Giolito has allowed his first base runner of the game with two outs here in the bottom of the second inning. And Brian Goodwin, hitting 247 and batting in the seventh spot, is going to come up to bat. Number 18 for the Angels, the lefty Brian Goodwin, takes an inside four-seam fastball, 1-0 the count. He's 1-5 for five against Lucas Giolito with a strikeout. He's got a runner on first base that has below average speed. And he cracks this one in the center field. 
Garcia is going to move over a little bit towards left, get underneath and make the play easily. The side is retired. The top of the order coming up for the White Sox here in the top of the third inning. Anderson, Garcia, Abreu next. T.A. walked in the first inning and got stranded. In fact, the first two batters walked in the first inning, and then Matt Andrees goes out and strikes out the next three right through the heart of the order. T.A. swinging here on a four-seamer down the middle, sends it sharply down the third baseline foul, and the 330 hitting Anderson is one and one. High four-seamer outside. He offers at it and misses. Was way outside the zone, one and two. Anderson looks anxious here. Now he swings at a curveball and sends it straight out in the left field, out into the crowd, and it's gone. Tim Anderson, 382 feet down the third baseline, gets it about six rows back in the first section in fair territory. He looked like he knew what he wanted. He was very anxious at the plate. He saw something in that first at-bat with Andres and then standing on the base paths watching him. And it was like he was waiting for a certain pitch. He got fooled on that one that he went outside. This was a curveball that actually curved. It ended up just where his bat was. He puts on the big swing, drops the bat, and watches it go over. And the Sox lead one to nothing. 382 feet got out of here at 105.1 miles per hour. The Sox lead one to nothing in the top of the third with no outs. And Andres already has 50 pitches and now 51 as he puts a four-seamer by Leary Garcia, who also walked in the first inning. 0-1 the count. Eight days ago, the Chicago White Sox had a rough series that they finished out against the Kansas City Royals. They get the Rangers at home, as that one's called a strike, 0-2 the count. And they win the first three and look really confident. Then Lance Lynn comes in on Sunday. And White Sox batters were hacking. And it was too late before they realized this one gets away from the catcher. Going to be a close play at first in the drop third strike, but they're going to get Garcia by a step as it rolled a ways. But a nice play by Castro behind the plate for the Angels. A bang-bang play at first as he went down to his knees to get the ball and it bounced out of his glove and went up the first base line. And Leary put everything he could into getting on first base there on the drop third, but could not. One out in the top of the third inning for Jose Abreu now, who's 0-for-1 with a strikeout. Sacks leading 1-0 on the road here in Anaheim tonight. And Andres throws a high four-seamer that misses 1-0 the count. But they get Lance Lynn on Sunday, and they were not patient at the plate. And they got mowed down. And since then, the White Sox have started to make pitchers pitch a lot of pitches in every at-bat. They are taking pitches. They are fouling them off. They are looking for the right pitch. And they've had great results. They're doing it tonight to Andres. 3-0 pitch goes for a strike down the middle to Abreu. 3-1 to count with one out in the top of the third. Next one is sent down the right field line, hooking towards the corner, back towards the wall, and it hits the top of the wall and goes over for a home run right down the first baseline opposite field. The second solo shot of the inning, Abreu puts it out 325 feet on a towering shot that only got out of here at 94 miles per hour and hit the top of the wall, which down that line is at about waist height. 
It's like going down the first or third base lines between the base paths and home plate at the cell. It's that low. And he hits the top of that wall, and it bounces into the stands for a home run. So the White Sox lead 2 to nothing, and Aloy Jimenez steps in, and Andres throws an 84-mile-an-hour changeup outside for ball one. And he's about to pitch his 60th pitch of the game with one out in the top of the third. And Sox batters have done their best to wear out the pitcher early on in this game, and it's paying off now already. 2-0 to count now. Next one's inside, almost hits Jimenez. And that looks like a frustration pitch by Andres, who stares in. He's upset with how his game is going, and that one came right in on Jimenez. Let's see what happens on this one. 3-0 pitch. Outside, he misses. He pounds the glove. You can see the frustration by the Angels' starting pitcher. As the White Sox now have a man on first, and Jimenez, who walks on four straight after the Abreu home run. Two solo shots in this inning, only one out so far. And a runner on first base, and Joe Madden standing up there at the top of his dugout looking at his pitcher and wondering what is going on. He's going to get the bullpen going. I see two arms getting up right now. We'll get those names for you in a second. As Encarnacion comes up 0 for 1. And the pitch from Andres is an outside curveball. He misses 1-0. and And he had a frustrating first inning. At least to start off walking the first two guys. And then he got it together and struck out the next three. And all three outs in the first inning were strikeouts. He looked really good in the second against the White Sox. But in his third inning, he's given up two home runs and walked the batter. And now he can't find the plate at all. Misses here. Oh, they're going to call that a strike. That's a curveball that was well outside. He got a gift from the home plate umpire. One and one the count. Top of the third inning. White Sox lead two to nothing. Trying to get off on the right foot on this six-game road trip. Four here in Los Angeles against the Angels. As this one's jetted out in the center field, it's going to drop in for a base hit. Jimenez will round second, but head back to second base. The throw comes in to Rendon from Trout. You know, when you got Mike Trout throwing to Anthony Rendon over at third base, and you're not the fastest guy in the world, it's good for Eloy Jimenez to think twice about that because he came around second like he was going to go somewhere. James McCann comes up now, takes one high and outside that just misses. 1-0 the count and a smattering of boos here in Anaheim for their starting pitcher. High outside pitch again, 2-0. Maybe the boos are for the umpire, but these look like strikes to me and balls to me. Whatever he's throwing has been pretty much dead on. Umpire's been pretty good. I've only seen one or two miss. Outside pitch, four-seamer tried to frame it. Ump wasn't going for it. 3-0 the count. McCann in the catbird seat with two on and one out in the top of the third inning. And this offense knows when to pounce. The pitch on the way. He just gets the outside corner. Three and one the count. McCann was taking all the way. And Dries about to throw his 70th pitch of the game, still in the third inning, as he struggles through his second of three innings that he's pitched today. And the Sox already are up 2-0 with two on and one out here in the third. The pitch swung on and missed by McCann on a changeup. Took a little off, and McCann was way out in front of it as it dipped inside and low. Three and two the count. Next offering, jam shot to second base. It hits the ground first. So now they're gonna get it, they're gonna double him off. Oh, I'm gonna have to explain this one to you when the next inning happens. It hit the ground right in front of Fletcher, 
He then runs over to second and tags the base. All the runners were holding. I don't think it was up there long enough for the infield fly, but Ricky Renteria is going to walk out and get an explanation. And let's go through what happened here as Jason Castro, the eight hitter and the catcher, comes up hitting 280. The lefty has three home runs and 11 RBIs and an 848 OPS leading off the bottom of the third with the White Sox leading two to nothing over the Angels. So you got runners on first and second. And the ball is up there long enough that it looks like it's going to be caught by Fletcher. But it's so low that the umpires never even considered the infield fly roll. And Fletcher stops short and lets it hit the ground right in front of him. Now that was designed. It's very obvious looking at it that Fletcher at second base was like, I'm letting this one drop so I can try to double him off. And the umpires probably should have called an infield fly, but it happened so quick and the ball had such a low trajectory that... They couldn't say for sure it was going to stay up long enough to make it to Fletcher, but it was clear Fletcher's running for it, and then he doesn't hear anything, and he stops, and he lets it hit the ground, bounce up into his glove, and he runs to second base. And it's a foot race for him because he's in front of the base runner who's still holding at first. So he gets there, and then, knowing he can't go back to first base because that's the one guy that's still running, he goes to third, and Rendon puts the tag down on a sliding Jimenez, who also waited to see if the ball was going to fall in. It's questionable that it wasn't an infield fly roll, but that's what happened. A double play, probably a muff call by the umpires, ends the inning. And now that's a walk for Giolito and Albert Pujols. Who would have thought this guy would be hitting ninth at one point in his career? And he's hitting 280, but he's in the ninth spot tonight for the Angels. Dribble to second base, Mandrigal spins, throws to Anderson, back over to first on a pretty play. And that was a really interesting play there. And some words are being exchanged at second base between Mandrigal and the base runner, Castro. Because as Mandrigal receives the ball, Castro's about to hit him. So Mandrigal turns his back and throws to Anderson to absorb Castro running into him. There's no interference called because Castro was never going to make it there before the ball got there. And he doesn't run into Mandrigal until the ball's out of his hands and heading over to second base. And then Anderson has to throw it over to two of them who are standing in the base path starting an argument with each other. Nick Madrigal's the smallest guy out on the field. I think he should keep his mouth shut, but that was a really nice play. And really heads up of him to realize i got to protect the ball because I might collide with the base runner. So that's a double play, 4-6-3. to six to three. There's two outs, and Simmons comes up and takes three straight balls, two outside and one high in the zone as Giolito is pitching quickly. And there's a 3-0 count to Simmons. Giolito into the wind, the pitch on the way. Hits the strike zone there on a four-seamer at 94 miles an hour. And it's 3-1 and one with two outs in the bottom of the third inning. The next pitch on the way, low taken for ball four. So Giolito has put on two with walks in this inning. Three overall through two and two-thirds at this point. But luckily the double play wiped out the last walk. David Fletcher comes up now. A smart heads-up baseball play. Joe Mannon teams, say what you want about the guy. They really play crafty defense, and that's what's being played out here in Los Angeles or Anaheim. I always say Los Angeles because they call themselves the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and it's just too much to say. So I'm going to flip back and forth this entire series. First two are low and just missed the zone. 2-0 and the count. So Giolito not getting the close calls. He's not way off the strike zone. He's just not getting the nibbles. Next one... Check swing, and he does get the nibble on a four-seamer on the outside corner. Two and one the count, with two outs in the bottom of the third. Pitch number 41, offered at and missed on a 12-6 curveball inside, two and two. 
Fletcher takes the next one in on the hands. Count goes full with Rendon on deck. And you'd like to get this guy right now before you get to Anthony Rendon and Mike Trout. Giolito sets the pitch. Ripped down the third baseline foul. Fletcher was on that one way out in front on an inside pitch on the hands as he fends it off. Next offering lifted out to center field. Garcia rolling back to the track. It will go off the wall. Runner comes around third and scores. Fletcher's in with a double standing up on a deep fly ball in the left center field. Garcia couldn't get back there in time. And he had to wait for it to cream off the walls. It hit the wall and then popped straight up in the air. He had to wait for it to come down. So no chance for play on anybody. It's 2-1 to one as the Angels get a run here. And Rendon comes up 0-for-1 with a ground out in the first inning and a runner in scoring position with two outs here in the bottom of the third. Giolito walked the first runner. Got a nice double play started by Nick Madrigal to erase that walk and get him two outs. Then walked immediately to next batter and gave up the double that drove in that runner from first base. And he's 1-1 one one to Rendon after he takes an inside fastball. He offers it the next one. They're going to say he checked it up. Down at the knees, 2-1 and one it goes. Giolito checks the runner at second. Pitch on the way, set out in the left field. Tailing back is Jimenez. He'll make a nifty catch over his shoulder as he slowly jogged to the place where the ball was going to land. So that's the third out of the inning, but not before the Angels strike back and get a run. After three, two to one White Sox. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines and his wife, Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at familybasementwaterproofing.com. Folks, Family Waterproofing Solutions, you just heard from them. They are big advertisers here on Socks in the Basement because... They're the kind of company that realizes, I want to get the word out to Sox fans. I want to get the word out to all of Chicagoland. I want to get the word out to Northwest Indiana. We're open for business and we're doing it the right way. It's veteran-owned, it's female-owned, it's family-owned. They give a percentage of all their jobs to veterans and first responders. Who need it the most right now? And They're donating to those groups with the money that they're earning. As Dylan Bundy is going to come in. So it's going to be a three-inning outing for Andres, and Bundy comes in. For his 12th game of the season, he's 2-1 over 23 innings with a 3.91 earned run average. The former starter for the Orioles is the long reliever here, and he's going to come in and face Nomar Mazzara first, who's 0-1 with a strikeout in the second inning. And the big righty, Dylan Bundy, once a pitcher with a ton of promise in Baltimore, who now is a swingman and long reliever for the Angels, Pitches one high and inside and hits the zone. 0-1 the count. Next one's fouled back. 0-2. Mazzara quickly. 0-2 in the count. Has looked terrible 
except for the first week of the season, he looked halfway decent and now just atrocious for most of April. Takes one outside, one and two the count. Next pitch is high, two and two the count goes even. But back to family waterproofing real quick. I just want you to consider getting an estimate. Let them tell you what they can do. And you don't have to have them in the house. They'll do it over the phone. They'll do it over the video chat. They'll sit there and look at your problems. It can't hurt you to get a free estimate and talk to them about any problems you're having in your basement. You know, you need covers for your window wells. You need to look at your sump pump. Hey, is this thing working right? Should I get a new one? You know, what? I got a little seepage. I've got this. I've got that. Foundation cracks. It makes sense to talk to them if you got some time on your hands. And they got financing now that's set up even for low-cost jobs because they know that some people are in some dire straits and they don't know what's going to happen next in the next couple of months. So they're going to make it real easy for you. As the count goes full and now one misses just low below the knees and outside and Bundy puts on Mazzara. And you got to be kicking yourself when you go up against a guy that's doing as poorly as Nomar Mazzara. And you're 0-2 on him and you put him on. And Danny Mendick comes up now one for one with a single in the second inning. With a runner on first. Sox have been putting runners on. They got two on in the first inning. They had several runners on last inning that couldn't score. The only runs they've scored have been from the two solo home runs. If you're a base runner, though, you've been stranded tonight. Pitches outside, 1-0 the count to Mendick. High for Seamer, 2-0. Madden is yelling something at the umpire. That guy loves to yell. You can actually hear him yelling, are you kidding me? That ball is up in the face of Danny Mendick. Where does he think the strike zone is? This one's chopped down the third baseline foul. Two and one the count now with no outs in the top of the fourth. Look, this umpire is squeezing. He's doing it to Giolito. He did it to Andres. But what Mann's yelling about right now, Bundy's nowhere near the strike zone. This is, I'm mad about what happened to my previous pitcher, and I'm looking for an excuse to yell at the umpire. A low pitch, ground in the first. Pujols starts the double play over to short to Simmons and back over to Pujols. 3-6-3, double play. Two outs in the top of the fourth inning. Mendick put it right down the line, down the dirt, to first base. A quick sidearm throw by Pujols all the way down to second. And then back over to first, and I'll be honest with you, I know it's a force out at second base, but he was standing right next to first. Me, in my... 16-inch softball wisdom, I would have tagged first and told my, my shortstop, you make a tag on that guy coming in because he had plenty of time. Two outs, top of the fourth. Mandrigal's up. 0 for 1 in this game, 1 for 4 in his last game. And he's 2-0 and in the count as he lays off two of them on the inside corner. Close, but no cigar. And the third pitch from Bundy on the way. Chopped down the first baseline, foul. Daryl Boston having to get out of the way. We'll reset with another 2-1 pitch. Outside for Seamer. 3-1 the count goes. Tim Anderson on deck in the top of the White Sox order. Bundy. He's going to use a lot of pitches too. This isn't a super efficient inning for him. Even with the double play. Outside four-seam fastball catches the corner. 3-2 and two the count is full to Mandrigal. One of the smaller strike zones in all the majors. Outside pitch, he lays off and he takes the walk. So Nick Mandrigal's going to go down 90 feet to first base. As Bundy has walked two in this inning. And T.A. comes up. 
It's kind of funny to watch number 92 Nick Mandrigal get down there, stand next to Albert Pujols, and wonder who let that 14-year-old kid come out and play. I mean, that is a difference. Tim Anderson's one for one. He's got a walk and a solo home run in the third. They got the White Sox their first run. Abreu got their next run two batters later with another solo home run. Two solo shots for the White Sox that account for their two runs. The Angels got one on a double by Fletcher, knocking in the runner from first base. They went off the wall in left center field. 2-0 the count. Xanderson laying off some low pitches. Stands in. The righty hitter against the righty pitcher. Mandrigal's got some speed, but he's not really a stealer. Inside on the shoulder, almost hitting Anderson as he gets out of the way. 3-0 the count with Leary Garcia on deck. Bundy on 21 pitches so far in his first inning of relief. Delivers a fastball down the middle, taken by Anderson. 3-1 the count. Top of the fourth, two outs. The runner leads in Madrigal. The pitch on the way. Sent out in the left field. It's going to be a can of corn for Upton. And that's the third out of the inning. Midway through the fourth, the White Sox lead 2-1 in Anaheim for the first of a four-game set. And the Angels are coming up. Quick shout-out to Blue Island Beer Company. I shout them out whenever I'm drinking their beer. I try to give a shout-out to whoever I'm having that evening. And this evening, I'm having what is called an underground communique Russian stout, Russian imperial stout, from Blue Island Beer Company, otherwise known affectionately as Bibco. And Alan will deliver, and he'll also do pickup, and he does it very safely. My wife is freaked out right now, I'm going to tell you this, as Giolito pitches the trout, who offers it a slider and misses low in the zone, 0-1 the count. And they're one of the few breweries that I go to. And this is a 64-ounce growler, and I'm going to do my best to knock this whole thing down tonight. Because what else am I going to do? I'm doing simulated baseball games under quarantine. High fastball, 1-2 and two the count now to Trout. Giolito sitting on 51 pitches here, facing his first batter in the bottom of the fourth. Had a rough inning last inning, but otherwise has been pretty effective. And holds the lead as this one is outside on a slider tailing away. Trout does not chase. 2-2. Two two. Trout's 0-1. And he fouls this one off down the first baseline. First pitch was just sent out weakly into the outfield for a flyout. Giolito trying to keep down one of the best players in baseball. A low circle change. Count goes full. Trout does not get fooled often. You have to beat him in the strike zone. The full count and the pitch. He gets him on a slider that was starting out high and dipped back into the zone right at the letters. And he gets the call as Trout is frozen. A beautiful pitch by Giolito for a strikeout. And there's one out in the bottom of the fourth. Tommy Lastella's 0 for 1, and the lefty stands in. And Giolito starts off with him now. Flared off down the third base line. That one is going to be fair. It hits just next to the chalk. There was a shift on, so Jimenez is just getting to it as Lastella gets into second base. Gets in the third. That will hold Lestella as Mendick gets the ball. But there was a shift on, and everybody was shifted towards the right side of the field. 
and he hit a fly ball towering down the third base line that hits about two feet inside the chalk. And he gets himself a double. That's his fifth of the season. The leaders on the Angels have 10 so far. There's two of them. Upton's one of them. Other one is Simmons. Is Upton's up right now, hitting 393, walked in the second inning. Got a runner on second with one out at the bottom of the fourth. The shift killing the White Sox there. Jimenez is in his normal position. He might have a really good shot at getting that ball while it's in the air. And this one is sent out deep in the right field. Big play by Mazzara going back. He backpedals as he catches it. And Lestella decides not to challenge the arm. As flat-footed, Mazzara puts it on a bead to second base. And Lestella's just standing there like, I'm not going anywhere. Brian Goodwin comes up and hits a bomb down the third base line. He flips the bat. If it's fair, it's gone. And it misses the pole by an inch. The White Sox avoid the two-run home run. Goodwin smacks his hands together and heads back to the plate. Takes the next one for a ball, one and one the count. And now swings and misses at a circle changeup low, one and two. That was close. And he thought he had it. He even did the bat flip. Slider below the knees. It's got a stink to do the bat flip. And then it's not out. Hold the bat up. Carry the bat with you. But don't drop that bat till you know it's gone. Swung on and missing the 12 to 6 curve. Giolito spins on the mound and pumps his fist. He did not like a bat flip on a, on a foul ball. And he looks back at Goodwin and he's talking as he goes into the dugout. Two to one White Sox. And now we go into the top of the fifth. A couple of guys warming up in the bullpen as Dylan Bundy comes out. And we'll face Leary Garcia. We've seen some interesting things so far in this game. We've seen Joe Madden angry at the umpire. We've seen Mandrigal run into Castro at second base and words exchanged. We've seen a bat flip so far on a long foul ball that just misses the foul pole and Giolito strikes out the guy and talks to him looking back at him as he comes off the mound. This one's flied out to Upton in left field who will catch it for the first out. And Jose Abreu comes up one for two with that solo home run in the third. Sox lead two to one. So already some fire between these two teams. We've seen Jimenez have one thrown at his head, basically, that he ducked out of the way after Andres gave up two home runs in an inning. And he looked frustrated on the mound. So you leave Chicago. You come out here. You're one of the better teams in baseball. They're in first place in their league. You basically have similar records. And there's fire out here between these two teams. This one's lifted down the third base line, and it hits the pole, and it's gone. Jose Abreu hits his second home run of the game. This one didn't miss the pole, and guess what? He didn't drop his bat until after it hit the pole. Dylan Bundy gives up one 353 feet that hits the foul pole down the third base line. 102 miles per hour, and the crowd goes silent as it leaves the ballpark. Abreu now has one down the first base line that just barely got inside the pole, and one down the third base line that hit the pole. He's playing the lines, so he has the oppo and the pull hit. And he clinks it off the pole as it bounces back onto the field and the White Sox lead a 3-1. And Jimenez comes up to the plate and Bundy right away throws a strike at the knees. Owen won the count with one out in the top of the fifth inning. Abreu seeing the ball very well. He looked really good towards the back half of that Royals series. Well, everybody did. They scored 16 runs in game two. And they went double digits again in game three. 
and they just whooped the Royals. And the Angels are a much better team, but the White Sox brought the home run ball. Three solo shots in this game as a foul ball is put down the first base line. It was barely foul. Looked like a double, but it's signaled as a foul ball. One and two to count to Jimenez. Next one is chopped up the middle, and it's going to get through into the outfield for a base hit for Aloy Jimenez. So he's on first again. He walked earlier. Now he's got a base hit. And Edwin Encarnacion will come up. Who before his last game yesterday in Chicago had hit four home runs in four straight days, including a grand slam. Didn't get a homer yesterday. That doesn't mean he's not capable of getting one now. He's one for two with a single and a third. He's hitting 272. The average heading back up again and the OPS just under 1,000. He leads the team in strikeouts, but he's been cutting down on that as of late. He's also had some pretty bad pitchers that he's faced in the Royals pitchers. Although those Rangers pitchers were pretty good. It was their offense that was off. Sox didn't score a lot of runs in those series, in those games in that series. Check that, but they scored a ton of runs against the Royals, but it was really not the pitching for the Rangers. Sox didn't score a lot. It was the fact that they couldn't score against us. 3-0 count now to Encarnacion and Bundy is struggling. Julio Tehran is warming up in the bullpen for the Angels. There's another pitcher. I'll try to get his name for you. The pitch on the way misses, and he walks Encarnacion on four straight pitches. So first and second now with one out. He got the first out quickly, and Leary Garcia gives up the home run to Abreu. Gives up a single to Jimenez and walks Encarnacion on four pitches. He's the second pitcher so far for the Angels in this game. And James McCann's 0 for 2 with a line out and a ground out, but hitting 281. And Bundy stares in at the 0 for 2 McCann, trying to find his way out of this inning. The pitch on the way. Jam shot deep, though, in the left field. It's going to get back towards the track. Jimenez tags, pretends to go to third, goes back. The throw is way offline. He might have been safe. But he decides not to test Upton. There's two outs in the top of the fifth for Nomar Mazzara who's 0-for-1 with a walk in this game. Hitting under the Mendoza line. He puts his first one foul down the first baseline, hitting the umpire's leg. They're going to check out him real quick. Mazzara saw a lot of Angels pitching in his four years with the Rangers. You hope that he knows what he's doing up there. Then again, Dylan Bundy wasn't with the Angels. But this series, I'm kind of hoping that we see him in his own element against a team that he's faced a lot and he feels comfortable because he needs to get comfortable and start doing something here for the White Sox. One and two now the count. So he's in the hole, one and two, two on. And that one misses below the knees on a changeup. Two and two, the count goes even. Two runners are on. Jimenez is on second and Encarnacion's at first. So Encarnacion's basically station to station. Mazaros is trying to knock in Jimenez. It's an inside pitch, misses. Three and two, the count goes full with Mendick on deck. White Sox trying to break it open a little bit here against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Mazzara fouls this one back over the screen. Full count. Bundy checks the runner at second, Jimenez, and delivers. Charged out into shallow center field. Trout comes in, makes the play easily, and the inning is over. But not before. Jose Abreu hits his second home run of the game. Three solo shots. 
have given the White Sox a 3-1 lead midway through the fifth here in Southern California. And Lucas Giolito brings 63 pitches into the bottom of the fifth inning and a 3-1 lead. And Jason Castro, who walked in the third and then had that awkward collision with Nick Madrigal as he was doubled off, stands in and takes an inside four-seamer for ball one. He is three for seven lifetime against Giolito. He's got three strikeouts. He's also walked, which was last inning. And now he charges one deep out in the right field. It's carrying back to the wall, and it is gone. A home run to right field. Castro puts it out 386 feet, jumps out of here at 104 miles per hour. It's that little section with a low wall, but it would have been a home run against the high wall. It was up there. Puts it about six, seven rows back. A solo shot. We've seen four home runs tonight on a 49-degree night in the haze and the clouds and the fog of Anaheim. 49 degrees tonight, but the ball is jumping off the bat. You know, when you think of this stadium, you think of that right field section being this big upper deck high wall area. But there's a little section down in the corner, and Abreu put his down there, and so did Castro. It's 3-2 to two now, and Albert Pujols was 0-1 batting in the 9 spot tonight. And he's 0-1 now after he takes that strike. The next pitch on the way hits the outside corner, and he's quickly 0-2 on a four-seam fastball. White Sox come into this game, a team that's one of the best in the majors in earned run average, and it hits allowed. And their whip as a staff... Number one in the major leagues coming into this game as well. They started off slowly as a team, pitching-wise. Outside, 12-6 curveball, the count's even at 2-2. Two and two. And then really started to get it together. And they've been pretty good lately with their pitching. Like I said, they held down the Rangers like it was nobody's business. And then even though the White Sox went crazy against the Royals, they held them down as well. Great pitching performances over the last week or so by the White Sox pitchers as the starters are starting to really get it going. Giolito still has the lead in this game, 3-2. He's got a 3-2 count on Pujols with no outs in the bottom of the fifth. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer up above the zone. Pujols chased it and swung underneath, and that's the fifth strikeout for Giolito. And he's got his first out of this inning after giving up a home run to lead it off. Andrelton Simmons, the shortstop, 0 for 1, stands in in the righty, swings and misses at a four-seamer up and in. 0 and 1 the count. He walked and scored a run. The first run of the game for the Angels. And now Giolito into the wind in the pitch. Goes for the same spot. He lays off this time. 1 and 1 the count. Arizona, the final against Atlanta 2 to nothing 2 and 1 the count to Simmons to pitch on the way high four seamer 3 and 1 the count with David Fletcher on deck Fletcher hit the double that scored Simmons from first base the last time he was up and a hitter's count is Giolito into the line in the pitch hits the outside corner on a circle change 3 and 2 the count Pirates beat Milwaukee 6-5 for a rare win. The next pitch. Swung on and missed on a four-seamer up above the zone. It was the exact same look he gave Pujols with the exact same result. His sixth strikeout now. So he gives up the home run and strikes out the next two. 
And Fletcher comes up, who hit one deep into left center field off the wall and drove it a run earlier. He's one for two. Giolito into the line. Just misses the outside corner on a four-seamer. 1-0 the count. Fletcher with the double in the RBI. It's hitting 260. Sitting in the number two spot in their lineup tonight. The pitch. Chopped down the first baseline. Up in the air. Abreu is going to die for it and miss it. Tries to catch that one in foul territory, but cannot get to it in time. Next one up the middle underneath Mandrigal's glove. And it's a base hit in the center field. Fletcher's on with two outs. He's feeling good. When you look at the leaders and hits for the Angels, he sits fourth with 27. Upton and Simmons are up at the top with 33. Trout's got 31. And this guy is coming up. He's on that list as well. He's sitting sixth overall on the team. He's Anthony Rendon. The guy the White Sox fans wanted in the offseason but didn't believe the team would go after him. And I didn't believe they'd go after him either. I felt like they should have gone after him. The White Sox had another plan, though. There are some people that say by not going after Anthony Rendon, it shows the team is cheap. But I feel like when you look at who they signed, it's hard to make that argument as this one has popped up down the third baseline foul. 0-1 the count. Giolito looks in and pitches. In the dirt going to get away a little bit, but not enough for the runner to advance. One and one the count. With two outs in the bottom of the fifth. The Sox up by one here. There's a runner and Fletcher on first. And Anthony Rendon's up at the plate. Takes a curveball out into deep center field, tailing back towards the wall. He will clear it. A two-run home run by Anthony Rendon. 420 feet out. And the Angels take the lead. 4-3 on Rendon's third home run of the season. And these fans have something to get excited about now. I feel like they've been frustrated. They're on their second pitcher. Their starter only went three innings. The White Sox have been hitting the ball all over the place. But like I said earlier, leaving runners stranded all night long. And the only runs have been three solo shots. And now, you have the Angels with two home runs, but four runs scored. And with two outs at the bottom of the fifth inning, Lucas Giolito has given up three in this inning, sits at 83 pitches, and a really nice start to his outing has gone really bad quickly. Mike Trout comes up now 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a flyout. Gave up a leadoff home run in this inning. Got the next two guys on strikeouts. Gave up a base hit and a deep home run to Rendon, where they laid off their fireworks in that mountain range they have out in center field. I think they have a volcano out there too, right? Yeah, I remember that. They have a volcano go off. Like how many volcanoes are there in, in Southern California? But they got one that goes off out there in center field. They do a light show during their fireworks night out there too. It's cool, but it annoys me when they're winning. The one-two pitch to Trout is fouled off down the third base line. So pitchers count to Mike Trout who's 0 for 2. Giolito into the wind in the pitch. Up the middle, off the leg of Giolito. Mendick's going to come up and grab it. Quick throw to first. He's going to get Trout by a hair. Mike Trout can't believe it. Madden's coming out to go talk to the umpire. He can't believe it either. We'll figure out what happens. End of five for now. Angels lead four to three. Trout's out at first base. Joe Madden had a few words, but he went back in before he got thrown out of the game. 
Danny Mendick made a great play as it bounced off of Lucas Giolito's leg. They're going to check on him. He looked okay coming off of the mound, but we'll see. A bang-bang play. Great play by Mendick. Filling in for Moncada. Ball bounced straight to third base. He picked it up barehanded, went straight across, and just barely got Trout, who was burning down the first base line. Flipped his helmet off with both hands and stood there incredulously as his manager ran out to get between him and the umpire. 0-2 quickly to Mendick from Bundy. Pitch number 47 from him as he came in in the fourth inning and continues here in the top of the sixth, is fouled off. 0-2, the count remains. Angels lead 4-3, and Mendick swings and misses at an inside fastball, and he is struck out to begin the top of the sixth inning. Nick is going to come up. Smallest strike zone in the majors, I believe. And he takes the first pitch to short. Sharp ground ball. Simmons over to first, and Pujols will put it away. There is the second out of the inning, so quickly, two outs in the top of the six, and Tim Anderson in the top of the order comes around. With nobody on base and two outs, he's one for two with the solo shot and a walk, and he takes a changeup outside, 0-1. Next pitch sent out to right field underneath it. That'll be a catch, and the inning ends. The Sox go down quickly, 1-2-3. The Angels have the lead, 4-3. Bottom of the sixth, Tommy LaStella comes up, one for two. Lucas Giolito still out there with 88 pitches. He must feel okay. He wants to start this inning. That doesn't mean there aren't guys going out in the bullpen. Kelvin Herrera and Jimmy Cordero warming up out there right now, two right-handed pitchers. 0-1 to LaStella, the pitch. High for Seamer, 1-1 the count. The bullpens here are very interesting. It's like a double-decker bullpen where the home team is further back and the road team's right up against the outfield fence. But they warm up right next to each other. It's really interesting. I would imagine brawls in this league, in this stadium, where the bullpens want to run in, have to be weird as you're all running out the same door, basically, to go join the fight. 3-1 the count to La Stella now. Giolito falls behind the first batter. And now walks him on a circle change inside. So it takes five pitches and the first runner's on. And Lucas Giolito had been doing so well in this game. And you can see the frustration on his face. I don't know if he's making it through this inning. Renteria is going to give him the opportunity. Sox have been red hot lately. You don't say, hey, I want to give up a game for my pitcher. And they're not giving up a game by leaving him out there. But you also have to watch guys work things out. And if he's saying he wants to stay out there, then you're going to give him at least a few batters in this inning. Justin Upton comes up 0 for 1. Got a couple of walks. And with no outs in the bottom of the six and a runner on first, takes the first pitch foul down the first base line. He's 1 for 10 lifetime against Lucas. This one's down the third base line, almost killed his third base coach, who dives out of the way. 0 and 2 the count. The quick pitch on the way just misses on a slider, one and two. I don't even know if Upton was ready for that one. That was a quick pitch by Giolito. He's trying everything he can out there. Now he takes his time and looks in for the one and two offering. He delivers it. Down the first baseline. Got under the glove of Abreu, but it was ruled foul. I think we caught a break there. The next one outside on a four-seam fastball. The count evens at two. Giolito 
He's thrown 47 balls of 51 strikes and 98 total pitches. After a very effective beginning to his game, it unraveled last inning and as he gave up the lead, came into the inning winning 3-1, came out of it losing 4-3, giving up two home runs in that inning, and now he's got a full count with no outs in the bottom of the sixth and a runner on first base to Justin Upton. The pitch. Sent out into right center field. It's going to get down and go off the wall. Garcia did such a good job getting close to it that the runner did not start until late and holds at second base. He misjudged whether or not Garcia was going to get to the ball. So the runner is only going to advance one base, and Justin Upton has a 16-game hitting streak right now. That's incredible. There's no outs in the bottom of the six. Brian Goodwin comes up, the lefty, and they're going to go out and talk with Lucas Giolito. See how he's doing. And it looks like after a discussion, that's going to be it for Lucas Giolito. So they wanted to give him an opportunity here in this inning, but Ricky Renteria, after talking with his starting pitcher, has told him, tough luck, kid. You had a rough one. Both starting pitchers didn't go six. And Dries went three. Giolito officially goes five, but there's two guys on in the sixth that are his responsibility. Jimmy Cordero comes in for his 11th game of the season. He's got 11 and a third innings so far. 3.18 earned run average. Righties are hitting 111 against him. Lefties 182. 12 strikeouts, 7 walks. He will try to hold the line here for his starting pitcher against Brian Goodwin. Who's 0 for 2 with a walk. First pitch, a sinker taken for a strike. A really striking pitch. That dove down a little bit, but stayed in the zone. He looks sharp and ready to go. 0-1 the count. The pitch on the way. In the dirt, does not get away far enough on a curveball that misses. 1-1 the count. Goodwin leads off. The pitch. Keep saying Goodwin's leading off. Goodwin's at the plate. The runner on second's leading off. The runner on first is leading off. Everybody's leading off. That's a ball. It's 2-1. I know we won a lot of games recently, but I'm getting a little frustrated with this inning. The last two innings. Strike down the middle, 2-2 now, as Cordero comes back against Goodwin. So the count is even with two on and no out in the bottom of the sixth inning. Here in Anaheim, and a changeup misses low. The count goes full with Jason Castro on deck. This may be the moment for the White Sox, although they do score a lot of runs. And even if they give up one or two here in this inning, it doesn't mean the game is over. As a sinker out of the zone is fouled off and will reset with the count still full. Cordero with a pitch. High misses on a four-seamer that I think was designed to go high. Batter did not chase. The bases are now loaded with no outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. And Jason Castro comes up to the plate. Castro had a solo shot down the first baseline. The lefty pulls it down there. At the time... It did not give the Angels a lead, but it was the beginning of a really bad inning for Lucas Giolito back in the fifth. Now here in the sixth, he's got the bases loaded and no out. Low at the knees, a sinker. 0-1 the count. Next offering on the way. Swung on and missed at a changeup tailing away. 0-2. Cordero trying to get out of a jam. 
created mostly by Lucas Giolito, but he did walk a guy to load the bases. No outs in the bottom of the sixth. Four to three Angels. And it hits the batter. Cordero, unintentionally, it's obvious it's unintentional. You don't want to hit a guy to send a guy in. Hits a batter. Castro goes to first. A run scores. It's five to three Angels. The bases remain loaded with no outs. Albert Pools comes up 0 for 2 with a strikeout and a ground out. Sitting 274 so far on the year. Who would have thought you would have seen Elber Pujols batting ninth? Jimmy Cordero, though, doesn't want to see anybody. He wants his inning to be over. He's a four-seamer is fouled off down the first baseline, 0-1. The White Sox were all over the Angels early. The story of the game so far is a really good start by Giolito and a lot of runners left on base by White Sox batting. They had three solo home runs. But when men were on base, nobody could get a hit. And that's really the reason why they're losing this game. Because even if Giolito has a bad start, and they're struggling, this is a first-place team in the Angels. When you look at the offensive categories, the Angels, the Twins, and the White Sox are leaders in flip-flopping as a who's first, second, and third in most categories. So this was going to be a series where both teams were going to score runs. And you can't leave guys on. Pujols fighting up there at the plate. He's 2-2. Two and two. The count is even. Bases loaded. No outs in the bottom of the six. One runner already across. I got to learn how to talk. I think that's all the beer. One runner already across. It's 5-3 to three Angels and the count goes full on a pitch that misses low. The pitch from Cordero. Up the middle, base hit underneath Mandrigal's glove. One run is going to score, two runs are going to score. The Angels take a 7-3 lead. They have now scored three runs in the fifth and three runs in the sixth. And there's still two on at first and second with no outs in the sixth inning. And even though Giolito put two on to start the inning, Jimmy Cordero came in, walked the guy. There was a hit by pitch and a single up the middle. So he has not done well coming in. Simmons comes up. They're going to come out and talk with Cordero now. Not a very good middle of the game for the Chicago White Sox. Meeting is over. Jace Fry's out there and Kelvin Herrera. First pitch, up the middle, base hit. Runner coming around third. There's no real throw in from Garcia. He just does not have the arm to get that guy. It's eight to three Angels. And if you sat around over the last few games wondering whether or not I have been tampering with the simulation so the White Sox could beat up on teams, you're now listening to what happens when a team beats up on the White Sox. As David Fletcher comes up, two for three with a double, a single, and an RBI already in this game. He's been killing us so far. We're down by five runs. There's still runners on first and second and no out in the sixth. They're going to bat around and more here in this inning. Down the first baseline, foul. Owen won the count. Next pitch on the way. Low and inside, one and one. Cordero into the wind in the pitch. Hits the outside corner on a four-seamer, one and two. Next offering on the way. 
outside, misses on a slider, two and two the count. We're about to hit the middle of the order. And that's rough. This has all been done with the guys at the bottom. Fly down to right field, is gonna get down in front of Mazzara. Runner's gonna turn at third, Mazzara goes home. He's gonna hold off and go back to third. The bases are loaded again. No runner scored on that. They're still not out in the sixth inning. A brutal, brutal inning. So far for the White Sox, as Anthony Rendon comes up, he's got a two-run home run. He's one for three. Hit a two-run bomb in the fifth inning with two outs. As the Angels have almost batted around and lead by five here in the bottom of the sixth inning. And Jimmy Cordero is going to come out, and Kelvin Herrera is going to come in. Cordero, that was a brutal outing for him, and uh, not very good. Herrera has been very good as of late. He's got a 1.74 earned run average over 10 and a third innings. Eight games he's appeared in. Ten strikeouts to five walks. He's been effective. He gets a jam. Started by Giolito and really, really created by Jimmy Cordero. You could talk about how he had two guys on when he came into the inning. But at this point, the bases are loaded. And he's let four runs cross. So Cordero, just brutal, couldn't get an out coming in from the bullpen. And Herrera comes in now. And he is one and one quickly to Anthony Rendon. Throwing a fastball down the middle there after Rendon took the first pitch. Next pitch on the way. Outside for Seymour, 2-1 and one the count. The Sox are not out of this game if they can get out of this inning. But it's starting to slip away quickly. You're up. 3-2. to two. Actually up 3-1. to one Going into the fifth inning. You give up three runs, you're down 4-3, to three, fine. Giolito puts two guys out in the beginning of the sixth inning, fine. But not only did those two guys cross, two more have crossed and the bases are loaded. That's not fine. And now you're in a do-or-die situation with a full counter and Don, Trout on deck, no outs, bottom of the sixth, and the base is still loaded. Where if you don't stop the bleeding right now, this game's over. And he walked in a run. So the Chicago White Sox pitching staff has been incredible. Before they came to Anaheim, and just fell apart. The Angels have done some of the damage. The White Sox pitchers have done the other half of the damage to themselves. They just keep walking batters. I think we have four walks in this inning and a hit by pitch. And now Mike Trout's up, it's nine to three. The bases remain loaded with two outs in the bottom of the sixth inning. And this has driven me to drink quicker. Thank goodness. I have this Russian Imperial Stout underground communique from Blue Island Beer Company that's at 12.5%, I believe. I have to look it up. It's strong. I intend to drink it for the rest of the game. You're getting intoxicated announcer, ladies and gentlemen, as this one's fouled off one and one to Mike Trout. Also want to remind you about our proud sponsors, Cork and Carry at the Park. While you're sitting here thinking to yourself, why am I listening to this? We're losing. As this one's grounded a second, Madrigal comes in, gets it behind the mound, and goes strongly to home for the force out on a great defensive play by Nick Madrigal. He saves a run going directly home. 
It's a chop over the mound, and before it gets to second base, Mandelbaum cuts it off and never stops moving, throws it across his body, falling off the third base, and gets the runner on a bang-bang force out at home plate. The next one flared out into right field, back to the wall, Mazzara, he leaps, he misses it, it hits the ground, and bounces over the wall for a ground rule double. He is not the defensive genius that Nick Mandrigal is. And that was just a, a butcher job, trying to catch that ball in right field. It is 11-3 now. I just started getting excited about Mandrigal. I was like, oh, look at that play, it's amazing. Then a ground rule double because the right fielder can't make a play. Ground ball to Anderson, it's short. He's just going to throw that one over to first. You can see the run. It's 12-3 now. Sacks are getting blown out by nine. Ugh. They gave up three in the fifth. They've given up eight in the sixth. The Angels have batted around and more. Brian Goodwin's back up. I remember the first time he was up. That was a long time ago. There's a runner on second, two outs now in the sixth. At least Herrera's gotten two outs, although a few runs have scored, but I don't think they were his runs. Lestella's still standing on second base. That's his guy. Changeup outside, swung on and missed. One and two now. Herrera checks the runner. The one-two pitch on the way. Chopped the first base. Nice play by Abreu. He's going to step on first, and the inning is over. A disgusting turn of events for the White Sox. The Angels lead with 12 runs on 10 hits. Over the three runs of the Sox after six. An ugly, brutal, atrocious, awful game by the Chicago White Sox. Just a difficult thing to watch. And I don't know what else to say about it. They played so well against the Rangers. Pitched well. That was the big thing. They pitched well against the Rangers. Then they played well and hit the ball like crazy, especially over the last two days in Chicago. They're not doing bad today. They've got three runs scored, but they stranded a bunch of runners, and the pitching staff let them down. Lucas Giolito starts off strong, collapses in the fifth and into the sixth. Jimmy Cordero comes in, and he's a dumpster fire. And Herrera comes in and does the best he can, but all of Cordero's guys will score. This one's down the first baseline. It will curve around the pole. It is gone. Leary Garcia. It's like... It's like in a fantasy football game when a guy scores a touchdown in garbage time. It's a 349-foot home run here that wraps around the foul pole down the right field line, and Leury has his second home run of the season, little Leury. And the White Sox now trail 12-4. Comeback. The comeback is on. The Angels will have none of it. Joe, Joe Mann is like, nope, there's going to be no comeback. Julio Tehran, one of the many starting pitchers that the Angels get to keep in their bullpen because they are flush, will come in. He's got six games under his belt. 2-0 with 11 and a third innings pitched. He's got a 4.76 earned run average. He's a nice pitcher for the back half of your rotation and did very, very well in Atlanta at certain periods of time in his career. Now, that said, he was a guy that we targeted on Sacks in the Basement as a pickup for the White Sox. This was one of the guys we said, I'd love to see the White Sox go out and get him. They went with Gio Gonzalez. Now, Gio gives them two lefties in their rotation. So maybe that was what the intention was. And he hasn't been terrible. But in my mind, Tehran would have been in the starting rotation for the Chicago White Sox if I would have had my way in the offseason. 
comes in. He's 2-0 quickly to Abreu. Now, I built him up a lot because I'm really hoping he does terribly. And the White Sox can put up about three, four runs off him before Joe Mann can warm up somebody else and we can get back into this game. No outs in the top of the second. Abreu's 2-0, 2-for-3 with two solo home runs. Checks it up, 3-0 the count from Tehran. Gork and Carey at the park has great food. They're our sponsor. And I want to kind of talk to you a little bit about them here in the top of the seventh inning as Abreu's going to walk down the first base. Here's the deal. Bill Guidi is a great guy. I'm not just saying that because the guy buys advertising on my shows. It's because I, I meet him and he's a straight shooter. He's a businessman. It's a family business. His dad started Cork and Carey on Western Avenue. And then they open up the place over by the ballpark, Cork and Carey at the park. Now, you know, you got you to gotta get the no bill before you hear the whole story about it, but it wasn't the easiest thing in the world to open up that, that place. Everybody just thinks they just moved into that spot. There was a long process, and there were a lot of hoops they had to jump through because everybody in the world wanted to be there. And they did an awful lot to get in there, and he really stuck his neck out to put that place together. And he put together the Southside tradition. Jimbo's was never cool to me. Like, honest to goodness, I'm sorry. If you're aggravated with me, I don't care. I remember when they showed Jimbo's during the 2005 World Series, and I was like, who goes to Jimbo's? That was flied out to Upton in left field for the first out of the inning. Abreu holds it first. Jimenez is out on a sharp line drive out to left. And Encarnacion comes up to the plate. But I remember when they were showing Jimbo's, I was like, when did this become the White Sox hangout? Like, I always felt like the bars on Western were more of a White Sox hangout. I felt like there were places that were around the ballpark that were more of a White Sox hangout. Now, maybe I'm crazy. Okay, I, I'm not from that neighborhood. I hung out in there, but it never to me rang as like that's the places the cameras should be at in 05 when they won it in Houston. I would understand it now if the cameras were in Cork and Carry at the park. Okay, they are set up more as your place for pre and post game. They have done the best they can to cater to White Sox fans. They're White Sox fans. You know, they love the team. They love they love the fans. They love having people in there. And look what they did for this little podcaster. You know, Dave and I are just two buddies that sit in our basement bar. As the count is 2-0 to Encarnacion, 12-4 Angels with one out in the top of seventh. That one's going to get away. is going to get down to second base on a pass ball. Now they're going to call it a wild pitch by Tehran that gets underneath his catcher, Castro. The funny thing is, Encarnacion swings at it after it's already by the catcher. Brutal. Two and two to him. Abreu's on second base with one out. But but think about this. He's got radio stations that come in there. You know, he's got he's got all these big media people that stop by there. They're the place to be. Swung on and missed inside pitch to Encarnacion. He goes down swinging two outs in the top of the seventh. And last year, I get introduced to him, and he checks out my show. And after he listens to it, he goes, this is really good. I like this. I'll give you a chance. What if I buy four weeks of advertising? It wasn't that much. And we do something, and you come here to the ballpark for the last weekend, and we just see how it goes. Now, it's the last weekend. His place gets packed. Kittle's sitting there hanging out on the show. The guys from the one and wait show up. But also, he got such a great response. And he's a fan of the show. He becomes a fan of Sacks in the basement. And he was very happy with the hard work we put into that event. So happy that he buys off-season advertising with us. 
and then signs on as our sponsor. This one's deep back to center field. To the wall and caught at the wall by Mike Trout because he's so good. The White Sox had an opportunity there to get a few more runs. They do not get it. Midway through the seventh, 12 to four Angels. We get to the bottom of the seventh. They're gonna leave Herrera out there, why not? Sox are down by eight. Jason Castro comes up. He's got a solo home run in the fifth. Let's get back to what I was talking about with Cork and Carey real quick. I'm gonna wrap this up. Here's my point. It's a family business. It's father and son. They open up that place because they're Sox fans. And they supported a guy like me and a guy like Dave when they could have very easily just been like, yeah, whatever. And they've been just the most supportive people throughout the entire process of Sox in the basement getting off the ground. And we have a great relationship with them. And that's why when things started to go bad, I called them up. I said, hey, I get it. You guys are struggling right now. Let's put everything on hold. And they've been so gracious with me. They're like, well, we still want to do whatever we can with you. And I'm just asking you could do me a favor. Put them in your rotation. All right. This isn't a sob story. They got great food. But put them in your rotation. These small businesses need to survive. If they don't, we're in trouble, folks. Honest to goodness. Imagine the empty shops in a year. The places they used to be. And if they're in your neighborhood especially, if you're around the ballpark, you should definitely be going there all the time. The food's great. They're good people. I know there's been backlash about Grubhub. I keep seeing this on Facebook. The count is full of Castro. Herrera gets him on an outside changeup, swung and missed. One out in the bottom of the seventh. There's been this big outcry about Grubhub. Oh, I don't use places that are using Grubhub because they take money away from the business. Well, guess what? They don't have the staff to be able to do it completely on their own. So they have to use Grubhub. So don't penalize them because they have to use Grubhub. Okay? Don't, don't, don't give them a hard time on that. Okay? Because sitting there and saying, well, I'm not going to use a place that uses Grubhub because of what Grubhub does to the business, that doesn't help the business. So... I would hope that you are checking out their menu at corkandcarryatthepark.com. I hope that you're using the Grubhub app and that you're making them part of your rotation. I hope you're using it while you're listening to the game because I think their food reminds me a little bit of the ballpark, the good part, the gourmet food. You know, we got a great ballpark that gives great food. It's better than the stuff over in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium and in Anaheim here with the Angels. I've been to both many times. Their hot dogs in Dodger Stadium are terrible. People always talk about Dodger dogs. They suck. I've had the food in Anaheim. It doesn't come close. We're lucky. We're Chicagoans. We know how to eat. Changeup, foul back. Pujols is up one for threes, two and two right now on the count. One out in the bottom of the seventh. Herrera continues to pitch for the sacks. High pitch misses, three and two. So my point is, make them part of your thing. Make them part of the experience with Sacks on 35th covering these games that we're doing, where they're doing the box score, and they're doing the recap and everything like that. You listen to the game on Socks in the Basement, you do the recap with Socks on 35th, you eat yourself some cork and carry at the park, and some of these breweries and wineries that I'm bringing up during the show, like Blue Island Beer Company, where I'm drinking tonight, you get yourself some beer from them. You know, they're also in the ballpark. You can find some of their beers in the ballpark. They're in the craft cave. Get yourself an authentic experience and support those that you want to have around when this is all over, because this will end one day. And we will get back to normal, whatever that is. But it won't feel very normal if some of these great places have gone away. And I want to support them. Look, they haven't indicated to me they're in any kind of trouble, but you know what? I know that every business is struggling right now. Okay? 
And they're all trying to do the best they can for everybody around them while still trying to survive. Pops it out to Abreu. That's the third out of the inning. After seven, the White Sox trail 12-4. Top of the eighth inning, Danny Mendick is going to lead it off one for three with a single in the second inning. The pitch to Mendick from Tehran remains in the game. If you think about what Joe Madden was able to do today, he takes Matt Andrees. He pitches three innings. He goes out and he gets Dylan Bundy, another starting pitcher. He goes for about three innings, and he brings in Tehran for the end of the game. He had three starting pitchers come in and pitch against the White Sox today. The Sox still get four runs against guys that are starter quality, as that one's popped up the pool holes for the first out. And his offense takes their time and finally explodes on the White Sox in the fifth and mainly the sixth inning. And it's 12-4. This Angels team is really good. They're not only good in real life, but they're really good in this simulation. Because in this simulation, for some reason, MLB The Show is letting Shohei Otani pitch. And I don't think he would pitch in 2020. But they're letting him pitch and he's ready to go. So they're able to bunch all, bump all these other pitchers back into the bullpen. And they are amazing. This is the team in this simulation. I would put them as one of the top three teams with a chance to win the World Series. And the Angels are the cream of the crop. I believe in this simulation they beat the Astros and they win their division. And when you look at the talent around the field, it's possible it happens in real life too. Maybe not as convincingly because they've got a few little glitches here with this, this simulation where they have pitchers that they wouldn't have, but they're so deep. I really believe they're going to be a good team whenever baseball comes back. Anderson with two outs now. Takes two outside. It's a 2-0 count. Madrigal made the last out. The inside pitch coming here as he sets up. And it's set out in the right field. It's going to get down for a base hit. So T.A. is not done. Puts that out in the right field for a base hit. Leary Garcia comes up one for three with a home run. With two outs in the top of the eighth inning. First one taken inside on a changeup. 0-1-1 the count. So every Wednesday, we'll sit around on Socks in the Basement. Dave and I will get together and we'll do a podcast in addition to all these simulated games, which we've been doing since opening day. And I've seen a few people try to jump on the bandwagon and start their simulations later than us, and that's fine. But I don't think anybody else is doing a broadcast, and I appreciate all of you checking us out. Because we're trying to make it as entertaining as possible. And, it's, and, and I wish I had like somebody else. Like I keep telling myself, like I have to be more like Vince Scully because I don't have somebody else to talk to. This one's taken out deep in the center field, underneath it, at the track, is Trout. The second one he's put away at the wall today. The Sox trying to come back but cannot. Midway through the eighth, they still trail by eight. Evan Marshall will come out now to pitch the eighth inning. His ninth appearance, he's 1-0. He's got 11 and a third innings pitch. His ERA is 2.38. Right-handers are hitting 143 against him. Lefties are hitting 192. 12 strikeouts to 8 walks. The reliever comes in in a mop-up situation on the wrong side of the mop-up as David Fletcher has had a game tonight. He's a very interesting fantasy baseball player. I had him on my team last year because he could play everywhere. And he puts up really good offensive numbers. You can basically have him as a backup and when a guy's not doing well, or he's injured, David Fletcher steps in and you don't miss a beat. Lines this one out to Anderson, one out. And Rendon comes up, one for three, with a big two-run home run that took the lead at the time. It was three to two. The White Sox were leading in the fifth with two outs. And Giolito gives up the big home run to Rendon. 
And that basically shook him and ended his day. He stuck around for the beginning of the sixth inning, but that was it. And then Cordero came in and threw gasoline on a fire. He flies out the center field so quickly, two outs at the bottom of the eighth. The Angels are like, our job here is done. Let's finish this. The White Sox getting a taste of their own medicine. Double-digit runs the last two nights against the Royals. They come here to Anaheim. After playing yesterday in Chicago, they take the long flight out. They start off doing well. And then the Angels jump all over them and lead this game 12-4. But Mike Trout's 0-4 and is quickly 0-2 in the count as he swings and misses on the first two offerings from Marshall. The pitch, low misses, 1-2 the count. But we try to make these simulations fun. I hope you're enjoying them. I'm sorry about the blowouts lately. I really enjoy the ones that are close. I don't know who listens through the whole thing, although I did talk to somebody the other day who said, I just put you on the background. I went and did something. I came back, and we were up by, like, seven runs. So <laughs> I guess it still works as background noise when there's a blowout. Fly out deep to left. The Jimenez is underneath it. He'll put it away. And that's going to end the inning. After eight, the Sox need eight. And they've only got three outs to give. Jose Abreu comes up. He did all he could today. He's two for three with two solo home runs. He's hitting 307 with seven dingers on the season and 18 RBI. He's also got a dirty jersey advancing from first to second on a wild pitch. It didn't get that far away. There was a play at second, but he was in there safely. He's been hustling this entire game, even while the Sox have been down. That's what a leader does. Sends a line drive down the third baseline, snagged out of the air by Rendon. Abreu shakes his head, slaps his helmet, and chalks it up to his just on our night. And Jimenez steps up, one for three with a single in the fifth inning. Batting in the fourth spot tonight. Tehran remains out there and throws a four-seamer down the middle that's fouled off. 0-1 the count. Next pitch on the way. Fouled off as well, 0-2. One out already in the top of the ninth. The White Sox trail by eight. A rough first game here against the Angels in Anaheim as the Sox are on their first long road trip of the season. Last road trip was just three games in, in Kansas City. They spent most of April at home. They've really only traveled to Cleveland, Boston, and Kansas City. And they've had it split up with a lot of home games. Now they go on the road. And they're at the back end of a long stretch of nearly three full weeks without a day off. In the end, it'll be 18 straight games for the White Sox without a day off. They have seen no rainouts. And they have played like crazy through the month of April. And they just ran into a really good team as Jimenez hits the dirt on a ball high and tight. That is the second time he's had his head thrown at today. He's got to be getting a little tired of that. The 3-2 pitch on the way. Chops this one foul. Even if it's unintentional. You have to hit the dirt twice in a game with two different pitchers. You start to get annoyed. Swings and misses on a four-seamer just over the bat. He goes down. There's two outs. Sacks are down to the last bullet and down by eight runs. Edwin Encarnacion comes to the plate. One for three with a single in the third inning. Tehran looks in the righty, looking to finish this game off. A disappointing start, but it's a four-game series. Tomorrow, Dallas Keiko comes out. He struggled in his last game, but he's been good in every other outing he's had this year. 
He will start tomorrow for the Sox. As this one's fouled off and it's one and one the count. Looking at the schedule, there's a possibility Anderson takes tomorrow off. But everybody else should be available. And the majority of the bullpen is ready too. Rounded out to Simmons, over to first to Pools. Six to three put out ends the game. And the White Sox drop their first of this six game road trip in Anaheim, 12 to four to the Angels. They held down Mike Trout, but everybody else just beat him up. And the story of the game was Lucas Giolito looking really good and then giving up some, some bad home runs that gave up the lead. And after that was over, he had a hard time finding the plate. He got a little frustrated out there. And when Jimmy Cordero came in with a chance to bail him out, he threw gasoline on the fire. And before you knew it, this game was over early. Sox have won a lot of games in the last couple of weeks. You can't win them all. 12-4 is the final. Bundy came in in relief in the fourth inning. Gets the win for the Angels. He's 3-1. Giolito drops the 2-3. And, and Tehran gets a three-inning save. Anthony Rendon's the player of the game. He's 1-4 for four with that home run and three RBIs. He really got things going for the Angels. Everything else after that was, was like icing on the cake. Although Tommy LaStella was difficult and so was David Fletcher for the Angels. They were all over us today. Jose Abreu, two for four with two home runs. Both of them solo shots. Anderson had a solo shot as well. He finished two for four with a walk. Larry Garcia, one for four with a solo shot as well. And James McCann was one for four. It was a night of solo home runs for the White Sox and a lot of stranded base runners. They'll come back at it tomorrow behind Dallas Keuchel. There's nothing else to say about this game, so let's pour ourselves a drink and forget about it. My name is Chris Lanuti. My thanks to Family Waterproofing Solutions. Check them out. Seriously, we all have something going on in our basement. Even if you're unsure, it doesn't hurt to put them on video feed and let them talk to you about it. And don't forget about Cork and Carry at the Park Support, our proud sponsors. You can listen to each and every simulated ball game of White Sox baseball in the 2020 season right here on Socks in the Basement, the podcast for fans, by fans, and found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.